this time and this place. It's always good to be in God's house. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. I'm glad there's some more people that are interested in being in God's house. Amen. Turn around and greet somebody. Tell them, I'm glad you're here today. Praise God. You can be seated. Lord bless you. We've been, not only been enjoying the rich presence of the Holy Ghost in this camp meeting, but also the kind hospitality of this church, Life Tabernacle, and all the hospitality that has been extended by Brother and Sister Spell. It's just uh, tremendous. And the food that has been supplied and all the also, we have people here from our local assembly, and we're glad that they've been made comfortable and there's been provision made in the dorms for a lot of our people that probably wouldn't have been able to come. And I appreciate that, that they're able to be here and uh, be in the house of the Lord. I need all the help I can get. If you can't get it from your own people, you're really in trouble. Praise the Lord. So uh, we're glad for our Molino people that are here in the camp meeting with us, and uh, of course for our family. Good to see the ministering brethren that are here. It's been a long time since Brother Wheat. Good to see him and his wife, Phillips, and other preachers that are here today, and I give high honor to the ministry. You know, respect is something that you just don't need to run out of. There's so little respect in this world today for things that uh, if you're not real careful, it can be contagious. But respect and honor is something that is always in place when it comes to the things of God. I don't believe you can be a true saint of God and not have honor for the things that God honors and respect for the things that he has hallowed and put in his service. And of course, that goes not only just for the ministry, but that means for each other. Well, praise the Lord. So many times it is that we begin looking at each other as just flesh and blood, which truly we are, but we forget regardless of even if you're kin. There is a distinction made now if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and living for the Lord, and there is a respect and honor that is due there that goes beyond blood. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Some people feel like they have a right to uh, speak casually and openly against uh, others simply because of familiarity, and sometimes familiarity, as somebody said, breeds contempt. But it ought not be that way. It ought not be that way. Familiarity with the things of God ought to increase your devotion, your reverence for the things of God. Hallowed be thy name. 
Praise God. But it's uh, hard to not be nostalgic at times like this sometimes, and it invariably happens that people begin talking about the years that have already come and gone and uh, times that we've known each other and all those uh, situations. And I thank God for the longevity of friendship that we've enjoyed with uh, Pastor Spell. He's certainly been a friend through the years and a true blue man that you can, as one fellow said, you can ride the river with. Praise God. Not just to go fishing either. Praise the Lord. But we are going to endeavor to somehow let the Holy Ghost help us here today. Again, if you'll help me, help you, we'll all get help together. Let's stand, would you please? discussed briefly yesterday about the role of the preacher in your life and how that it would be that you would not even exist as a saint today without a preacher. I have done it myself and years gone by and seen other people do it over the years and that is stack dominoes less than one domino apart, you know, the little deal, and you can run it around curves and over this and over that, and everything will be fine. When you tip the first one, it falls into number two, and number two falls into three, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and it will topple the last domino if one domino always touches the other one when it falls. But if you make a gap in there of lifting one out, everything stops right there. You could have been the domino still standing if a preacher had been exacted and taken out of the situation of your life and still on your way to a lost eternity. Well, praise the Lord. How shall they hear without a preacher? That's still in your Bible. How shall they preach except he be sent? So we spoke yesterday of the position of that preacher, and not only is, are you supposed to just uh, be in the building with him, you're supposed to know how to get with him. That preaching is everybody's business. Praise the Lord. Doesn't mean that you preach, but you preach with the preacher. You ride with the preacher. Amen. It's, uh, this is a chore that all of us are engaged in. And it's never to be left solely, completely to the pulpit. If you've got the Holy Ghost, we are fellow laborers together with Him. Right? Praise the Lord. Amen. So today, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the uh, obligation and the response and the place that you play in the kingdom of God, as you turn with me to the book of Job, chapter 36. Also, it is a very great honor to have in our camp meeting here with us Brother Brad Lambeth from Brazil. Uh, we have not long ago been to Brazil and saw the 
awesome work that is going on there that <clears throat> Brother Lambeth is engaged in and it is absolutely awe-inspiring to see the work that they are doing and uh, it, it would be possible I guess for everybody to ever go all but believe me this gospel works anywhere it will be preached amen praise the Lord somebody said well culture demands a difference if it was it had been in the Bible that it said this is the American edition of the gospel well praise the Lord but what you see preached and believed here is what those men preach and believe and establish a tremendous work for God on the gospel. We'll praise the Lord. Amen. So we give high honor to this fine missionary doing the will of God. And we're honored that he is here in this meeting. Job chapter 36, verse 26. Thirty-sixth chapter of Job, verse twenty-six. Now, Bible teachers are supposed to be old and slow, so don't intimidate me by expecting anything else. Praise God. When you get old and gray-headed, they make you Bible teachers, and uh, they uh, somehow equate uh, teaching with just. The, preaching in low gear praise God and uh, so that's where I'm at low gear but uh, you stay with us here today and let's see what the Lord would do listen to what Job says in this reading behold because we understand that word it means see look Take a careful examination of. Behold, God is great. I ought to get some praise the Lord and amens and glory to God to that. Comma. And we know him not. Well, well. Neither can the number of his years be searched out, for he is from eternal to eternal. Amen. Neither can you number his years now the 26th verse makes the statement God is great and it says but we know him not and then verse 27 tells you the reason why that people miss God the word for there in this instance does mean because in other words, this is the reason why he is not known. For he maketh this great God, this majestic God, this eternal God. For he maketh, what's the next word? Everybody say it loud. That's not quite as much now running word, is it? That's not one that enthuses, invigorates, 
and gets people leaping up and down when you start saying small. And that's the reason you miss him. For he maketh small the drops of water that pour down a rain according to the vapor thereof with the clouds do drop and is still upon man abundantly. Now we like that word. Great, abundantly. But to get from the 27th verse to the end of the 28th verse, you've got to come through small to get to abundantly. Praise the Lord. Amen. I know that what I'm going to try to bring to you today is not going to be something that some of you are going to be gladly receptive of because of your conception of the way things operate. And again, let me tell you that it's obvious from what Job has said, the reason that many people miss God, and I've seen it so many times in pastoring and in the course of services and revivals and the work of God, that many times the very obvious reason people miss God is because they don't understand this one principle of the small things of God. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you get a whole lot more shot than an owl running when you preach the opening of the Red Sea. What a tremendous miracle. But you better backtrack on a lot of this stuff and find out the origin and origination of some things that brought it to where it was. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Most of the things and works of God always begin small and end up, if it has its free course and the will of God and people endeavoring to do it, that end up abundantly. Praise the Lord. But the reason, see, we want the abundant, and we don't even, we're in, the insignificant small is overlooked and distasteful and not appreciated. So most of the time you don't have anything. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray here today and ask God to help us. Lord, again, we come today asking that you would somehow instruct us in righteousness, the things that are right in your eyes. We know that your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are your ways and your thoughts above ours. Therefore, it's imperative today that we join in the Spirit and find the mind of Christ through the Word of God. Would you instruct us, help us open the blinded eyes and give us understanding of the principles and precepts of thy will and thy way. And we will give you the praise and glory for it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Being human myself, while some of you might wish to argue the point, but uh, being human myself, I do know a little bit about human nature because I got one too. 
But I do know this about human nature, regardless of who you are and what kind of background you have and what kind of social standing you have been equated on in life. I do know this so much about human nature. Say what you want to, try to deny it and say that it's not true and uh, you'll probably be found out to be a liar. But I do know this, that to human nature, large is impressive. Large is impressive. There's something about largeness that impresses human nature. If it is something that is out of norm, if it is something that is beyond the status quo, if it is something that is above and head and shoulders above the rest, it is the thing that is focused upon and the thing that catches men's attention. It is human nature to do so. If you do not uh, assent to that, let me tell you, then why are there countless hundreds of thousand people annually that from this country, from every state in the Union, and from uh, even abroad in places other than this United States, that people come and stand on the in the rim of the Grand Canyon and ooh and all and look at the impressive largeness of a ditch. You've seen ditches before. Why don't you do that out here? Well, it said they called me a nut to stand out there by the little drainage ditch that goes down Plank Road. And they probably would. And you probably would be. But that's what that is. What is it that makes people gather on that rim and stand there and look at the grandeur of that massive, massive canyon? And I've already answered the question, haven't I? It's the largeness. It's the, the hugeness. And I can uh, attest to the fact that's standing on that rim and looking down at that river and when the little black card there on the side tells you how large that river is at the bottom and it looks like a blue string in the bottom of that canyon. It is awe-inspiring. It is huge. It is massive. And there's something about hugeness that impresses human nature. I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong. But it can be the thing that can trip you up when it comes to the things of God sometimes which human nature most of the time works against us anyway, doesn't it? That's why you must get in the spirit rather than the human flesh because he that walks out to the flesh will die, but he that walks in the spirit will live, right? Amen. So it is a spiritual walk rather than a... You can't rely on human nature or human ingenuity or human thoughts or human power or intellect. It is by the spirit that you know the things of God. For man, by his wisdom, knew not God. That's all. That's collective man now. That's not one single man with a doctor's degree, but that's man collectively throughout all the ages of time. Man, by his wisdom, has never known God. For it's foolishness to him, the things of God are. Why? Because it goes against logic. It goes against human nature. It goes against flesh, and therefore neither can they understand it, and neither can they be subject to it. Well, praise the Lord, which the Bible teaches. I at one time was thumbing through 
Guinness's Book of World Records. And, uh, you know, just looking at the pictures for a while there, and I came to this one particular picture and stopped because I was intrigued as to what this could be and what it was that uh, was uh, record-setting about the picture. Now, the picture was this. It's a man standing by a huge, enormous white ball. At least that's what it looked like in the picture to me. So I started reading what this was. Now, what it was, was a man, and it gave the years that he had been doing this, but he had began by picking up twine and rolling it. Every time he found twine, he'd pick it up and roll it and uh, making a ball out of it. He just found twine and wrapped it up and wrapped it up and wrapped it up until that he collected so much twine he had to have a farm oil tractor to push his ball around to wind the new fine twine that he would find. And he's got the world's record ball of twine in the world. Praise God. He said, well, that wouldn't do much for me. Well, I'll tell you what. I can guarantee you this right now. Now, you've seen twine before. And when you go out of here, if it's laying on the parking lot, you don't give it two cents notice. It's just twine. But if that ball that that man has wrapped together through the years was on yon parking lot, don't you tell me you'd go get in your car and just go home. You'd be perching kids up on it, taking pictures. And it would be, it would be inbred and, and burned into your heart and your memory for the rest of your life that you saw the world's largest ball of twine. Hip, hip, hooray! Wouldn't it? And I'd go myself. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's twine. It is not the material. It is the enormous size that makes it impressive. Praise the Lord. That's why Job said what he said. God is great. He is great. Isn't he? Not only is he great, he's greatly to be praised. You can tell somebody's conception of God by how they praise him. Little God, little praise. But if you've got a great God, a patty cake with Jesus is not going to suffice. You've got to get something down with a great big praise the Lord and a glory to God in your heart. He is great and greatly to be praised. Praise the Lord. But then he says, but we know him not, this great God, because of this, this little contrasting thing between great and the opposite of great is small. And it's used in the same uh, verses here describing what God, this great God, does. He maketh small. Everybody say small. That don't bring near the reaction that great does. No, it doesn't. Praise the Lord. That again is why I want you to, I'm going to nail this down on you, your consciousness today. That's the reason you miss God. It's because He maketh small. God does. 
This great God makes small, as we've already known and have read many times. His ways are not our ways. And His thoughts are not our thoughts. You can try to reason and logic everything out, but then you'll miss God a million miles. Praise the Lord. And when you begin to miss the small things of God, I need a Bible reader here just a second. If somebody will come help me. Brother Phillips, you got your Bible with you? Would you come join me up here, please? Just a minute. Praise the Lord. If you take one of these mics, I want you to hear what the Word of the Lord says here. His ways are not our ways, according to the Bible. And you can miss the small things of God, and in doing so, you'll not get to the abundant. Go to Exodus 16, if you would, Elder. If you don't understand this principle of the movement of God is from small to abundant, we want to crescendo without any tuning up. We want the blast without any fuse. We want the concussion without any priming of the bomb. But God doesn't work that way. Even when the Holy Ghost floods, as we call the explosion of the Holy Ghost in the midst of a congregation, if you backtrack on that, you'll find out it never comes just like that. But it comes as an ebbing flow, as people begin to gather together and worship and praise and glorify God. The next thing you know, that started out slow, ends up in a combustion of a Holy Ghost explosion. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. You can miss the small things. Don't tell me again. I want to show you one of the most most mind-boggling situations of people like me and you. These Old Testament people were flesh just like your flesh. Speaking of all the prophets, it told us that he was a man of like passions, meaning that he also was human. Now I want to show you something in Exodus the 16th chapter. As Brother Phillips would begin reading at verse 14, there in Exodus 16, I want you to see how that the small things of God can be missed. Read, Elder, please. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there Okay, lay... hold it right there. Now let me, let, me, let me go back and fill in for you what is taking place here. What is taking place is that the children of Israel have came out of Egypt land, right? And there are millions of people to feed. And they've come out with the shoes on their feet, the clothes on their back, and the only food that they were possessing was that feeding on the lamb when they left Egypt land. They do not have supply wagons following them. That's why the enemy could never cut off their supply route because it was not trailing behind them. It was one from above. Praise the Lord. It was one that came down from God, not supplied with wagon trains to the rear. There is no catering system in the wilderness. There are no piggly wigglies to stop and 
go through. And here God has told them He would supply their needs. I am going to feed you. They have belly ached to Moses. And God has told Moses, tell them that tomorrow, about this time, I will supply them bread. Right? That's, that's the preface to what we're reading here. Now, if you were God, thank God that's not the case. But if you were God, and you had all power, and you were fixed to feed a couple of million people, what size bread loaf would you make? Huh? Well, I'll just turn yonder mountain into, into a loaf of bread and give them all knives and say, go get it. I mean, how much bread can a couple of million people eat? How much jambalaya can 700 eat? And still told it at home. Praise the Lord. And if you were God and had all power and as great as he is, what size bread loaf would you make to feed that kind of people? This is where their thought pattern was too. On the morrow, when they turned out of their tents and they said, today is the day, God's going to give us bread. They stepped out of the tents and read. That lay was going up. And when the dew was laid on the ground was going up. Behold upon the face of the wilderness. Behold on the face of the wilderness. There lay a small round thing. A what? A small round thing. What size? A small. Everybody say small. And there lay a small round thing. Matter of fact, there lay up teen hundreds of thousands of small round things. Praise the Lord. I mean, this hadn't been there before. They're expecting bread. The mind-boggling thing about this situation is that they stepped out and the ground has changed appearance. When the dew was dried up by the sun, there lay all over the ground, minute. I'll show you how minute according to the Bible. Read. As small as the hoarfrost. As small as hoarfrost on the ground. You know what? You know what hoarfrost is? That's you know you can lay hundreds of crystals of hoarfrost in your palm of your hand. That's how small it is. Those little agents of ice that begin to form hoarfrost, little spikely, little frosty-looking things. Amen. You can lay hundreds and hundreds in flat of your hand, one level deep. That's pretty small. Praise the Lord. And there lay. On the ground as small as hoarfrost. What? And when the children of Israel saw it. And when the children of Israel. It isn't because they didn't see it. They look at it. It's obvious that you cannot miss it. It's everywhere. you got to walk over it. It's all over the ground. All around the camp. And the children of Israel walked out. And they said. This. What? Read. They said one to another. And they said one to another. It is manna. It is manna. Well, they wish not what it was. Now, the, the problem that most people have when they read that verse right there is that you know the connotation of manna later in the Bible. When the word manna was used in the Hebrew here, 
It is a Hebrew word that later became to be known as angel food or angel bread. But when it's used in its original connotation, it means, what is this? That's the, what the word manna really means in the original Hebrew. What is it? Now, it'd been different if God hadn't already told them that he was going to give them bread on the morrow. He said, when you get out of the tents, I'm going to have breakfast ready for you. I'm going to have food ready for you. But they stepped out and they looked at it and said, what's this? And I can hear the rest of it. Where's the bread? The word manna there, if you read it as thinking that they knew that this was bread, you're reading it wrong. That's what the word means. It means, for they wish not what it was. How can you miss something God said next day, tomorrow, when you wake up, there's going to be bread for you. Instead of somebody saying, I wonder, is this what God is supplying? They never said, they said, what's this? And they're looking all over the horizon for huge loaves of bread. They're fixing to starve to death. Right in the midst of God's provision. They're fixing to perish. Right in the midst of what God has provided. And do you see why they are? Because, and say anything else you want to say. But it's simply because of the size. If one of those things had been the size of this pulpit. Instead of as small as hoarfrost. It had been a different story. They would have said, huh, looks a little different, but this must be bread. This must be what God provided. But because of its size, they completely disallowed it. They completely looked over it and would not acknowledge it as being God's provision. God is great, but we know him not, for he maketh small. You know the reason some of y'all never move in church? You're waiting for the roof to blow off. Amen. But I'll tell you what. You better learn to get your hands and your mouth into praising and magnifying the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. Tell you another reason some of you never testify is because you didn't you didn't have a near head-on collision today, or you wasn't saved from a cancer operating room, or in the rest of that. You think your little testimony is insignificant? I'm telling you, get up and learn how to praise the Lord. Did He give you the Holy Ghost or not? He means He been good to you today. Why don't you thank Him and give Him praise? Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, they was fixed to starve to death right where God provided everything they needed. But they missed it because of the size. Everybody say small. This great God just gave them provision. Tiny, tiny, minuscule provision. And the way that they had enough for their family was to do this number. Gather as much as you want. Every day, gather it. Amen. For the day. Don't try to store it up for the next day. I'm still God. I'll be here tomorrow. 
Well, praise the Lord. Don't worry about tomorrow. I'll provide for you again. What you need to do is get out there and scrape up all them tiny things uh, until you got enough to feed mama and you got enough to feed the kids uh, and you got enough to feed your household and you can fill up as all the way to the top and tomorrow I'll do it again for you. But you better learn how to put small things together to get enough. Oh, some of y'all ain't hearing me. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They would have starved to death if it had not been for the man of God, once again, comes to the rescue. And it says what? Next verse. Moses said unto them. And Moses said unto them. This is the bread. This is the bread. The Lord hath given you to eat. Which the Lord hath given you to eat. Praise the Lord. Yes, this is it. This is what God was promising you. This little tiny stuff is what this great God's going to feed us with. I tell you, that's why you miss God. That's why churches sit dead and decayed because they don't realize that to get to the abundant, you got to start putting some small things together, brother. Hallelujah. you got to start putting a multitude of small things together to bring an abundance. Well, praise the Lord. Some of y'all never get involved in a service until there's people running to the walls, falling over backwards and talking in tongues. Let me tell you how we got there. Somebody started feeling after God. Somebody started worshiping the Lord. Somebody else joined in. And then somebody else until there was an explosion. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You better gather together some small things if you want the abundance. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You get one one man clapping his hands in this building. May not sound like much. Clap your hands, brother. Just you. That's pretty good, but that's a small hand clap compared to the size of this room. The voice of the Lord, as John heard it, was the voice of what? What was it? Many waters. whole lot of things making up that roar of a voice. Hallelujah. This great God make us small. Now, why don't you clap your hands and you too, both of you together. A little better, huh? How about you join them, all three of you now? Get a little better. How about you three fellas down there? Put your hands together. How about that one whole section over there? How about this section? How about this section? How about this section? And all that is is one hand clap multiplied by 500 or whatever else it might be that brings the sound of praise and of glory. Come on, your hand clap's important. Your praise the Lord's important. Put your part in church. He's worthy of it. I said he's worthy of all praise. You can't overdo it. Come on, let's praise him a little while. Give him some glory. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Same thing goes with your mouth too. You get one person saying, praise the Lord. 
That's wonderful. Amen. But why don't you join it in with a chorus of everybody that's in the house that knows anything about God. Praise Him. Hallelujah. With all your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated just a moment. The same principle applies even to God working as you were a sinner in your life. Very few people were brought to God over one major occurrence in their life. You may be the exception. I don't know. But most people are brought to God through a multiplicity of many things. Tell you what God can do. You know, I could... Uh, come here, brother. A stout young man right here. It would be no problem for him to... I can put this one book on him. Hold that, would you please? I believe he could go through most of the day and just not really give a whole lot of significance to that. If he just strapped his back, it wouldn't a whole lot, a whole lot. But after a little while, I didn't have to drop a car on his head. I didn't have to get a 5,000-pound cement chunk to chain to him. All I got to do is just add another book. And then add another book. Then add another book. It's going to start showing up. Believe me, it's going to start showing up. How many times did God deal with you over things that seemed small at the time, but they just kept on adding up and adding up until we reached the place that I can tell you what right now, because of how stout and how tough you think you are, I can not only bend your back, I can break your back with one of these books when it reaches a place that you can't take it no more hallelujah and I can do it with one page out of there if I just keep adding enough of them I tell you that's the way God works on people's lives and some of y'all give up too quick you 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 just you don't even thank God for the things that he's doing in some people's lives say that's insignificant it's too small you need to give God glory if you're praying for him you let God handle it you let God take care of it you don't know what God's got in plan and what he's got in store he's adding things in their life a thought here a situation there until he brings it to a climax amen they hear the gospel and God moves on their life I'm telling you keep on praying let God have his way in small things but we know him not because we don't get this principle of small it's not the things that excite people it's not the things that that people get enthused about it's always used in grandiose terms of gigantic, super colossal, amen. Everything has to be such a, a far out thing that they never notice the small. And you don't get to the colossal until you come through the men's school sometimes. Well, praise the Lord. I'll tell you how this building got here. Brother Spell one day called up the building supply people and they threw it on a truck brought it out here and shoved it off the back and dropped it right here and, and off they went and you had a building that's where it got here wasn't it for some of you you might as well it's what you think anyway praise the Lord for what, what you had to do with it whoa you still riding with a preacher hallelujah I wonder how many knows 
How many nail heads there are in this place? I wonder how many knows how many two-before's there is in this place. I wonder if anybody knows how many just ceiling tiles are in this place. Huh? Don't start counting now. You don't even know how many boards are. Yeah, but spell probably does. How many boards are on this wall? How many yards of carpet are in here? How many pounds of concrete? How many pieces of reinforcement rod? What I'm saying, this build is made up out of a, a collection of many hundreds of thousands of smaller units that come collectively to make this massive, beautiful building. Driving one nail at a time. Bam. One more nail in this place. Amen. You don't just drop it out of the sky. It comes because you put it together. You understand that about the principle of building a building. Won't you understand that about the principle of building your life in God? God works in a lot of small. That's why we don't get it all done in one church service. For some of you that once a month is enough all you need, I'm telling you, you must really be having one good service the month that you finally show up but for me I need every service I can get into because it adds something else to my life even every Bible study every revival every time the doors are open I'm going to be in the house of the Lord he's still working on me another message another sermon amen another move of God hallelujah Amen. No wonder it is said in Zechariah, despise not, which knowing human nature that it was human to somehow despise the day of small things. Praise the Lord. Small things. The days that are not supposed to be despised. Some folks don't want to pour water on a prophet's hand. They want to be the prophet. But if you want a prophet's reward, you know how this Bible's put together. You know the reason that they missed Jesus when he came? They missed God when he came. Because there is no one book in this Bible that says the prophecies of the Messiah and his coming. There's not just one book that says that, but it's throughout the whole book, line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Underline the word little. And if you don't know how to write and divide the word, you end up like 99% of this world is without God. Well, praise the Lord. How can anybody, so we, we say so often, how can anybody miss Jesus' name, baptism? It's just plain as the nose on your face. And it is. Because they don't know how to rightly divide the word. Well, praise the Lord. Line upon line, precept upon precept. They don't know how to put here a little, there a little. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, you have revival in the church, it's just a whole lot, really, I'll tell you the real truth about it is a whole lot of small things getting together to have it. Well, praise the Lord. Instead of just waiting for one huge explosion, why don't everybody just start doing what you know to do and you can have it? Well, praise the Lord. The reason the serpent reached out and bit uh, the apostle was because he was putting a huge, enormous tree trunk on the fire. 
No, he wasn't. He was picking up sticks. And you get enough sticks on the fire and you can have what you need. Matter of fact, I found a long time ago, some of you that never raised in where you had only had a fireplace to heat. Let me tell you, you don't start fires with, with, with tree trunks. You start it with kindling. And you get the kindling going and you can add a little, little larger and a little larger and a little larger and have a roaring fire. But if you don't start little, you don't ever get to the big. You just go walk by there and have wood in it, huge logs, and just chunk you a match in there and say, here, burn. I threw the match to it. I did my part. You didn't, you didn't get the principle right. It ain't going to work. You got to start small to get the big. I said you got to start small to get the big. Hallelujah. Brother Wheat talking about Turkey Creek. You realize that what Baton Rouge enjoys today is because a, wi a man and his wife and some children, amen, came to town and started preaching to one here and one there and one another and gathered together this one and that one and praying through. The reason this place stands today is because somebody kept adding Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, amen, preaching to one, two, three, amen, four, amen, strike. We had little kids bringing to church uh, until somebody else pray through finally get a family and then finally get two families and finally get three families that's what it's all about why does it have to end here if you keep on doing what you've always done oh praise the lord hallelujah oh god so many times i'm gonna try to hurry here and finish up that uh you know, the problem with Naaman was, he didn't understand anything about this principle. His reply to what the man of God said was that, uh, you know, even his servant told him, now if the man of God told you to do some great thing, you would have done it. But he asked you to just simply go down and dip yourself in Jordan seven times. Even a child could obey that. That's where he missed it. He thought being a general, he ought to have general size, uh, you know, chores and accomplishments. But when it comes to God, let me tell you, there's nothing any simpler than repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Everybody here can obey that. Every child in this building can have the Holy Ghost if they will apply the principle. Well, praise the Lord. Oh, I know this is not enthusiasm. Some of y'all like them big stories that somehow just super fantastic, glamorous, and all the rest. But I'm telling you what, you'll always only be hyped out and never have nothing. Well, praise the Lord. But if we can get a church that knows how to pray together, that knows how to worship together, that knows how to preach with a man of God together, that does it all together, there's not a devil in this world that can stop it. Whether it's 20 people or whether it's 200, hallelujah, there's not a devil that can stop a collective bunch together. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I like the way Jesus does things. On a, a day, he looks out at his disciples as all down the hillside. Thousands of people are there. And the day is wore long and it's very obvious they're weary and hungry. And he says, don't send them away empty. Feed them. 
Their eyes got that big. Feed them. See, we understand the need. We understand the situation here, but uh, 200 penny worth is not enough to even start to feed this bunch. Besides all that, even if we had the money, wouldn't be no place out in this wilderness to get it. All the time we're discussing this right over Jesus' head. He's sitting right there. And never one time acknowledged him. He just said, feed them. And all they would have had said was, said, Lord, we'll just start supplying it. We'll start getting it. And they said, what are we going to do? Jesus, <clears throat> Andrew said he knew what he, Jesus said he knew what he was going to do already, but he did this to prove this man. Hallelujah. What a sniffer that fellow had. Now you, you tell me, I do know at the end of this episode, there are 12 empty baskets at least. Why did anybody bring empty baskets to church? And only one little boy, not even a man, because you see this is God's way. One little boy sitting out there all hunkered down the ground with a little sack between his legs there. And his mother, before he left off, said, wait a minute. She just thinks it's just her own, you know, her own consciousness of doing things. But God's behind all that. And she takes some little fishes and some little loaves of bread and puts them in a little sack for her little boy. Didn't she? And sends him out there and he's sitting out there all spiral legged. He's been sitting there with that between his legs and here comes Andrew and fine. You tell me how all the thousands of people had found that little boy with that little lunch. What he did. And he brings him to Jesus and said, here's a little lad with a little lunch with a few small fishes and a few small loaves. But what is that among so many? And Jesus said, give it to me. Give it to me. He didn't look at it and just stay and say, look, we got to feed this bunch. Don't come up here with that little junk. He said, give it to me. Jesus took it in his hands and he blessed it. And then he waved his hand over one of the little fish and it turned into Moby Dick French fried. Right? Huh? So what he did? No, he took little fish and broke them even littler. Broke them even smaller. Said, that's too big yet. Hallelujah. And as he broke the fish... Just like he began to break the loaves. He didn't take the loaves and wave his hand over it and turn it into a, a huge loaf of bread. He started tearing it apart. And when he, as long as his hand kept up there reaching and tearing, the loaf stayed on there. And he broke 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 in small pieces and small pieces of fish and small pieces of bread. And they fed all that huge congregation, 4,000 men alone, just the men, even not counting the women and children in that place. And then when they had all eaten and had been filled up, praise the Lord, they took up 12 baskets of fragments left over after it was all done. Amen. You know how God did it? This great God make us small. You hear me? And some of y'all detest that word. This is small this and small that. Let me tell you, you don't know God, but if you can learn uh, that God moves in small things, uh, if you're going to see the abundance, if you're going to see the miracle, even start thanking God for small things. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. I'm going to wind it up here. Praise God. If you went out of here... 
This afternoon on the way to your car, which is altogether possible when you get there to your car to be soaked from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet and you could wring water out of your clothes when you got home. Let me tell you how you got that wet. One 97-pound raindrop hit you when you went outside. That's how you got wet. Uh, you know better. You can be just as drenched if you jumped in the lake by being pelted, not with 97-pound raindrops, but by tiny little droplets multiplied by thousands upon thousands. He can wash away Baton Rouge with raindrops. I said he can flood this place with raindrops. Amen. Instead of just one huge thing. Amen. God has a way just like in church. Again, let me tell you. It's your place to worship. It's your place to pray. It's your place to participate. It's your place to get involved. Put your hand clap. Put your praise. Put your mouth in the giving. God glory. Hallelujah. You do it. And join with each other. And there will be a move of God praise God amen 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 well I'm not telling you nothing you don't know maybe telling you something that you don't practice praise the Lord amen well let's just take the scene now in my life I know what layaway has been you ever anybody ever know what layaway is I'm not talking about final layaway when they lay you away in front of here. I'm talking about being able to get a suit and a pair of shoes. And anybody ever use layaway? Week after week, put it down. There's a fellow don't know about layaway, and he's standing out at the end of the counter, and here comes this guy in, and he goes up the counter, and he pulls out $5 and lays it down, and they go back and take off the hanger, this beautiful suit, and bring it out and give it to the guy. And so this guy plunks out $15 and give me three of them. He said, no, you don't understand, sir. This was the final $5 this guy's been paying. Matter of fact, he's done outgrown the suit by the time he started paying for it. But you see, that's the way some people are. They look at things as though they are right now. And they don't realize where it came from. Before you got here, Somebody labored, amen, in small things. And we're still in that. Regardless of how big the building gets, the principle is still the same. Praise the Lord. Must needs go through Samaria. One person in the congregation. But I must needs go. Well, praise the Lord. Which in, in the end result brought out a whole city. Praise God. Let's stand, would you please? So it is that the Jews missed him because they couldn't put line upon line and precept upon precept. The Bible said he shall suddenly come into his temple. You know what they you know how they interpreted that? They interpreted that the top of the temple's gonna blow off and God's gonna step down with out of heaven with I mean with legs that reach beyond the clouds and uh, I mean, just huge, enormous God. I mean, everybody in the world's going to know God's here. But you know how it actually happened when he went to the temple? Like this. 
a woman by the name of Mary was walking up the steps into the temple. Nobody paid any attention. That was God in flesh. Oh, yes, it was. That flesh she has in her hands is God Almighty. And she walks up. Nobody paid any attention except for one old man and one old lady. The old man walks in. Wait a minute, ma'am. Wait a minute. He probably had a name that they called him the baby watcher. I don't know what they called him. Maybe they just thought he liked to look at baby, but God had promised him he had not depart till he had seen the Lord's anointed. And when he when she pulled back the little cover on this little face this time, he threw up his hand and said, Now I've seen the Lord's salvation. Hallelujah to God. Everybody else missed him. Why? Because they were expecting the clouds to split and out of the sky stepped this jolly green giant size of an individual. Amen. Everybody knows the ground trembles, the ground shakes. Amen. Earthquakes take and the sunshine is blocked out by the enormity of this visage. But all it was was a baby in the arms, a little child. And a little child shall lead them. Hallelujah. God is great, but He make us small. It ain't about time some of y'all woke up and started thanking God for the small things. Isn't it time of, that some of y'all started participating a whole lot quicker and a whole lot sooner in everything that goes on in church? Isn't it? Praise the Lord. Instead of waiting until it all gets to a crescendo before you ever know God's even in the place. Come on, lift your hands and love the Lord. This great God that make us small. In the harvest field now ripen, there's a work for all to do. Hark the voice of God is calling to the harvest calling you. Little is much if God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown, and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. Little is much if God is in Thank you, Brother Gross. Amen. I hope you realize, amen, what you have heard here today. Praise God. I couldn't help but reminisce. Bible teaching is to get you to think. And uh, I thought about we're celebrating 41 years. It hasn't always been like this. Amen. 41 years ago. 
very, very small little building about half the size of this rostrum. Lumberyard, rented office. We started having church. We run the wheels off of a 59 Biscayne Chevrolet. And uh, I remember our first revival, Brother LaPrairie preached it for us. And we had, uh, we baptized 13 in that first revival. And guess what? They were all kids. Not one adult. Some of you here today, I visited your home and picked up your children and brought them to church. And years later, you come in and got the Holy Ghost. Small things. Amen. Brother Brad Lambeth, your dad came to Baton Rouge 41 years ago on a Sunday morning and had a service with Brother First Church, Brother Hewlett Marr was the pastor. And we had just started our mission work. And Brother Meyer called me on a Sunday afternoon. And said, I have a young man fixing to go to Brazil, a missionary. I had him this morning. Would you like to have him tonight? And I was almost embarrassed. It was had 17 of us, and eight of them were spells, amen, and just a handful of people, I said, and I hesitated, and I said, let him come on over, hallelujah, amen, and from that small beginning, that acquaintance with that great man, amen, Brother Lambert didn't hesitate at all, then some said, well, I'm not going on that little rinkety-dinkety church with 17 people, but he came on over and had service with us. Ten years later, the rest of the story, they got ready to build that first headquarters church. Amen. This church and one more went and borrowed the money and, amen, loaned it to them, and they paid it back. Amen. And I thank God for what the Holy Ghost has done through small things. Amen. I mean, I really appreciate the Word of God that you've heard here today. Amen. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Amen. I look at Brother Kramer over there, front row, young man right over here. Uh, one brother goes, had to clap his hands the first time. We've had a tremendous move of the Holy Ghost this last year in this church. New folks coming in. Amen. And I remember, amen, last year, month of September, Brother Kramer, his wife, and a whole bunch of kids. He got a whole slew of them. Amen. Fixing to have two more twins. Amen. That'll help the church to grow. And, uh, and uh, he said, you remember me? He said, when I was a little fellow, maybe eight or nine years old, my folks used to bring me to your church. It came in, and God wonderfully filled him and his wife with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I can say this before this congregation. I don't believe in all these months that he's ever missed a service. I mean, always on that front row. Somebody said, don't take time for children. 
Amen. You better take time for children. Might be small. Amen. But they're going to grow up and they've got parents. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Brother Gross. Amen. Thank you so much for what we have heard here today. Thank God. Amen. God is so good to us. Hallelujah. Amen. The food is ready and uh, we want to ask you to please stay and eat with us. Yesterday we fed a great number, but we had a lot of people that didn't eat with us. And as a result, we had to, amen, eat the same food. Uh, last night, the leftovers, and we don't want to do that. We want fresh food tonight. So I want everybody to eat everything over there. Brother Lee, amen, you come and pray right now and ask God's blessings upon the food. God bless Brother Lee. Lord, I feel Holy Ghost in this room. Let's lift our hands and thank God for what we've heard today. Thank you, Jesus. Master, we want to thank you for what we've heard and what we've felt. The concept, Lord, that you can take small things and put more small things with it and get the work done that you desire. I ask you, God, to let that concept get deep within every one of our hearts. Bless the food that we're about to partake of and the natural to the nourishment of our bodies. Keep your hand over us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.